0: You know what I've missed most about sports since we've been sheltering in place? Just going to a spot and watching a game with friends. It's just not the same watching it at home. Even when the Warriors are winning, I just, it's just not the same. But luckily, the Athletic Club Oakland, they've got our back. Did you know they shut down the entire side street next to them just to create the town gardens? The spot is amazing, It's got TVs everywhere, comfortable seating. It's got their full food and bar service. I mean, this place is dope. I went the other day with Bram, and officially, it's our go-to spot for all sports, especially the Dubs. So hopefully we'll see you there. And as a special thank you, if I see you wearing a Warriors huddle shirt, next beer is on me. The Athletic Club Oakland. That's where sports fans can finally be sports fans again.
1: Nice, like tonight... That's what we play for, to get the fans involved and appreciate that uh, that love and that energy. And uh, shout out to Baron Davis. I definitely channeled my uh, uh, Kirilenko moment. I ain't dunk on nobody, but uh, I, uh, I wanted to channel the the same celebration, so shout out to BD. We're gonna bring y'all to our
2: huddle. You are in the out title with me, Bram, with me per usual. My boy and producer, Marcus.
0: What's up, Deb Nation?
2: And our master all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, emergency record episode. We've got big <laughs> things, <laughs> baby. A <Hell>, Little <laughs> playoffs coming. A huge matchup against the Lakers. So uh, I had to convene you guys immediately. That means a couple of things. One, no guests. Two, I'm going to go ahead and sound like audio speaking throughout this episode did not have my mic don't have my headphones i'm doing this on like a zoom speaker call so you know this is how much we love you guys we threw all quality out of the window just to make sure you got an episode immediately
0: nice yeah you do sound kind of But thank you for
2: joining. No, okay. I'm just switching. You're no longer my (laughs) boy. Can we re-record this? With me as always the narrator, Steve Urkel. Go (laughs) yourself, Marcus. Let's talk glass half full, boys. Not a lot of Warriors history to go back through. In fact, only one game. So take a look at that Memphis game. Give me something you like and don't like. I'll go first so I can pick off some of the low-hanging fruit. I love that Steph won the scoring title at 33. So look, I shouldn't care. I should not care about this. Steph has won three titles. He's won two MVPs. He's even won a scoring title before. I was there for all of it. I sucked it all up. I should be above individual accolades like this one. But guess what? I am not. I'm not above it at all. And it's for multiple reasons. Reason number one, it mattered to Steph, right? I mean, towards the end of the year... Not only what he said, but what he did made it crystal clear that he wanted this thing. You know, I think he entered one of those games needing 24 uh, for the game and put up 24 in the first quarter. So you know, if it resonates with the MVP, it resonates with me. But the second thing I love about this is there's an ace up our sleeve for the bar arguments that are going to be speeding our direction. When Steph hangs them up, you've already seen them now. We're going to find ourselves in those no finals, MVP, ridiculous, stupid ass conversations where we're suddenly having to defend Steph's legacy and, you know, his status as a franchise player. And it's things like this scoring titles, despite being guarded by all five members of the other team that we're going to throw back. So, yeah, the thing I like is Steph. Uh, proving his historical status and really establishing himself as uh, as the man at the age of 33.
3: Yeah, hell yeah. And I think at this point, everybody listening probably saw the stat go up on the screen. But look, we're talking about Mike, Wilt, and Kareem that he's now in the same pantheon with in terms of multiple scoring titles, multiple MVPs, and multiple championship rings. And I mean, that settles the argument in those bar conversations right there.
2: I love that you went first name. Are you pretty close with all three of those guys? Like, uh, like on text conversations, probably?
3: Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They joined my um, meditation circle, which KD is still not a part of, but...
2: You probably threw out a text the second that he got the scoring title saying, do you guys, do you mind if I add Steph in here? Is that is that all good? I'm, I'm sure he would also want to be a part of these conversations.
3: Yeah, and they, and they accepted now that he's in that pantheon with them, so...
2: <laughs> obviously, obviously.
0: Of course. <laughs> um... Yeah, I'll go. I think uh, so. Things that I liked and don't like, um, I liked watching a Warriors game that mattered for the first time in a really long time. It was such a um, refreshing feeling and one that I missed. Like I was sat down and was like, OK, the Warriors are on and then turn it on. And I was like, oh, shit, this game matters. And it had a playoff intensity to it. You, there was just hype around it. There was that energy that it mattered. And it just I, like I remember and you uh, you know, feeling that in previous games and I heard about it leading up to this one, obviously, but it was different when I started watching. Them. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot what this feeling was. And it's, it's just
2: amazing. It's like going back to a restaurant that you love that you haven't been in for a long time. Right. Because mm-hmm. like at first it's just concept like, oh, we're going back to the playoffs like great, but there's no specifics. And then you show up and like the intensity how much you care about every single possession? How much you end up hating the opposing players, even if you don't really have a, a shared history with them? I like that, um, and I'll take it. Maybe not a step further, but I'll associate it in with another like. Here's something else I like from recent history: broken point guard pictures. After the Phoenix game, when they had a close-up of Chris Paul, it looked like someone had just recently like broke into his house and stole his dog. During the Memphis game, after Dylan Brooks fouled out and they watched him or or filmed him watching, it looked like we were, I don't know, having like a documentary of him watching his house burn to the ground. So I just like that. I like watching Steph's brilliance slowly suck the confidence and skill set out of, you know, the best athletes on earth. Uh, I'll give you a don't like, and I'm kind of embarrassed by it. You know, it. It is what it is. It's not the first embarrassing thing I've thrown into this mic. But going into the game, our Patreon supporters who mean the world to me, they mean the world to us. We're actually gonna watch the game together. And they had a Zoom call, and I couldn't participate in that because I'm a madman when it comes to the game. But I said, hey, afterwards, I would love to check you guys out. Let's see what happens. And then I may or may not have gotten a little hammered, may or may not have celebrated a little bit too hard. And I didn't jump on the Zoom call. Now I feel like terrible about it. So that's what I didn't like, man. I, I apparently couldn't keep my celebration to responsible levels and may have gone a little bit too big.
3: Yeah, well, that that offer was extended to all three of us, or that invite was extended to all three of us, and, and I also regret not being able to make it, so I'm right there with you. I didn't get quite as hammered, but actually we're moving, uh, my wife and I, so it was a little bit of a, of a hectic day. Uh, I actually got to hang out with Tim Roy for part of the first half of the game, because uh, I couldn't even watch, but um, I will say that even though I, I missed out on that, what I loved watching, especially um, when I could watch in the second half, was... You know, part of I think what deflates opposing point guards like you're talking about is how exhausting it is to stick with Steph for an entire game, right? I think they came out pretty hard in that first quarter, right? They got off on a 17-8 run um, early, but I knew it wasn't going to last because like Steph's um, fitness is just unparalleled and I think what I particularly love is that we, at the beginning of the season, were watching a bunch of bit players around him that were basically slowing him down, getting in his way not allowing him to do his off-ball action and not only were we seeing the opposite of that now, but I want to particularly highlight how excellent Jordan Poole has become moving off the ball I- I've started to see somebody that I actually can really trust and I'm-, and I'm really excited by how he's sort of picking up the mantle of some of this energy because that's part of, I think, what makes this Warriors team so exciting to watch.
2: We've got some poll questions down the line. I'm going to jump on this broken point guard thing real quickly. Um, I can remember, I think this is high school, although I'm sure it happened more than once, studying my balls off for a test. I mean, just, I was all the way in. I'm taking this serious. I'm going to do well. I took the test and did not do well. And the <laughs> feeling that comes after that, that like, oh no, I gave what I had and still didn't succeed, sucks so badly. And you know, who must've been feeling that Chris ball and Dylan Brooks. I'm going to take them from the bottom half. Dylan Brooks is not that successful of a player yet. You know, he's kind of a new guy. He was on fire in that mm-hmm. game. He was their go-to guys. The reason why they came back from a 20 point deficit. So, I mean, looking in the mirror, he did everything he could. He prepped for that test boys. And guess what happened? He found himself on the sidelines with a fucking towel on his head, watching Steph do better. Same thing for Chris ball. You know, and in, in a season defined by Chris Paul's success, in a season where people are pointing to CP as an MVP and Phoenix as one of the best teams in the league, CP3 came in, was absolutely dominant, did everything he needed to do. And at the end, what happened? He shook Steph Curry's hand and had to tell him good game because he lost to him again. So yeah, that that frustration has got to be nasty. But boys, my God, am I bearing the lead. The Warriors are speeding towards one of the biggest one game playoffs that I think I've ever, I can't remember any one game playoffs in my, uh, my basketball watching history. And I've got a Warriors Oracle section that is dedicated only to the Lakers. Here's our first question, quote, give me a reason the Warriors can win the game on Wednesday night. That doesn't involve the words Steph and Curry. So, I'll go first so you guys can think, and I'll give you uh, I'll give you another name instead of Stephen Curry. Here's why I think the Warriors can beat the Lakers on Wednesday. Jonas Valanciunas. So he doesn't play for the Lakers, right? He plays for Memphis and he had a huge game against us. He went for 29 and 16. Why do I think that helps the Warriors? The thing I'm terrified about the Warriors matchup with the Lakers is their front court. I think we are going to be destroyed up front. I don't think we're going to be able to get any rebounds. Well, guess what happened in Memphis? Exactly that. Valanciunas went for 29-16. and They beat our ass, and we still walked away with the win. So, you know, reason to think. Reason some optimism here. I'll give you another one. LeBron is less than healthy. This fool got hurt on March 20th. He's only played four games since March 20th, and just on Sunday, retweaked his ankle. He came out. Vogel came out. Everyone came out and said that it's just a tweak and he'll be fine. But if they are anything less than 100 percent, another reason to think the Warriors can sneak one out. What do you guys got?
3: Yeah, it's a really good point about Jonas Valanciunas um, in that like, you see a lot of drop coverage coming from him, and I think we're going to see that. It looks like Andre Drummond has pushed his way into actually getting some serious minutes, at least when um, Anthony Davis isn't playing small ball five, and that's just like feasting room for Steph uh, at the perimeter. So I think for you know for him, for Montrez Harrell, Marcus Saul is a little bit more savvy, um, so you might actually... Uh, see a little bit more of an avoidance of that space, but, uh, there's good reason to think that that's going to allow us to get a couple more threes off. Uh, and there's reason to be excited. Of course, the flip side of that is that you have LeBron James, um, probably playing the 4 there, making some things pretty difficult causing whoever's going to play. I mean, Kavon is probably our our biggest center that we'd have to throw out there against these guys. Uh, and there's going to be some, some problems as they're switching back and forth and who knows like you said, this is a one game playoff. It's very possible that they're going to do that break in case of emergency play Anthony Davis at the five for the majority of the game. If it looks like it's being tight at which point I don't know that we're going to have much answer.
2: You got some optimism MJ. I do. Um,
0: the answer I would give that doesn't use the word Steph or Curry would be Andrew and Wiggins. Um, I was thoroughly impressed and happily proven wrong by him. Um, I was a fan of him during the regular season and always appreciated how he kind of stepped it up on the defensive end and, you know, has been fairly efficient on the offensive end as well, but he just came through clutch. Like, uh, you know, some of his buckets were were timely in, in terms of keeping the momentum going or stopping the momentum from shifting the other way too much. And um, I don't think that can be overstated that he was a big reason why we won that game. Obviously Steph had, what can only be described as a quiet 46 is a weird way to say it, but it still was kind of a quiet 46 for Steph standards. Um, so I just think Andrew Wiggins is kind of that X factor and um, yes, rebounding in front court is going to be a big thing. We actually out rebounded Memphis that game by seven. So I don't think that happens again and we have to be, uber careful and uber uh, you know like uh, attentive to crashing the glass boxing out and it's tough with Drummond who you know can add, can get you 20 and 20 on any given night so um, it's a big game ahead of us but I agree I think rebounding and not turning the ball over are our biggest
2: things Yeah, and and now that we can use the word Stephen Curry after we've gotten past that question, I mean, the biggest reason they might be able to win this goddamn game is Steph can beat anybody in a one-game setting. They're not going to be favored. I think the line opened at seven. It's currently at 4.5 which means people are dumping money on the Warriors, by the way, but uh, Vegas still thinks that the Lakers are favorites. Let me ask you this one because I'm kind of fired up for it. Who is the most hateable Laker? And I'm going to take this question and make it two. Let's separate it out. So who's the most hateable Laker on this current roster? And then who is the most hateable Laker, in your opinion, all time? And you know what I kind of like about the all-time thing? It'll give us a sense of all of our respective generations. It's like asking, you know, who you think of when you think of Batman. It'll give a sense of when you grew up. Uh, For me, most hateable right now, so easy answer is LeBron, you know, but he kind of took that away from me. Like, what James has done off the court recently has made it super hard to bring that kind of F-you hatred I have always brought. So I think for me now, it's one of the random guys It's either Kyle Kuzma or Alex Caruso. I think it's Caruso. I think it's his weird combination of totally unfounded uh, competency and confidence with his balding hairline and just the whole thing. He looks like a G-League guy. He has an annoying scowl. I'm, I'm not a big fan. Don't like his headband. Same things kind of apply to Kuzma. Remarkably hateable face. So currently, those are my guys. I'll save my all time. Give me your current. We'll go to all time.
0: Got it. Uh, For me, current is definitely Dennis Schroeder. Hair. Is it the hair? It's not the hair. It's the way that he just, he, he like draws fouls. And then when he gets like knocked down, he gets up and gets upset that you knocked him down, but he puts himself in a position to get like thoroughly pushed down to the ground. So And then he's like, he's just always upset and always like completely taken aback that anybody would like push him that way or like foul him that hard. It was like, dude, nobody likes you. Of course, we're going to hit you that hard. So um, it's an easy choice for me. I just don't like that dude playing. Never liked him, you know, with OKC last season and even before that when he was uh, with Atlanta. So um, easy pick for me.
2: I actually did a eight-part research paper and looked into a lot of reasons why people foul Schroeder. And it's strange. There's actually only one. It's the hair. Everyone just <laughs> hates the hair. Maxine, what do you got?
3: Uh, you know, I think Kuzma is an easy one just because he puts out some pretty strange um, post-game interviews. But I'm actually going to go with KCP. Uh, a little bit of this is personal. He was on oh. my fantasy team the first year, and he was just abysmal for me. And I was expecting him to be great. He's going to be my ace in the pocket. And so... He's kind of let me down personally.
2: I I never would have guessed that. I thought when you said personally, like maybe punch you in the face at some point. But I'll take the fantasy thing. Fine. Uh, Well,
3: he also, I mean, he keeps on not showing up to my meditation circles. And that kind of takes me, you know. (laughs) Well,
2: then you must hate a lot of players. That's the baseline (laughs) for the guys you just like all time. So this is hard. Uh, A while back, I would have told you it was Mark Madsen. Something about his championship parade speech in Spanish super annoyed me.
0: And to those who speak Spanish,
2: les agravatemos y les decimos... And I've kind of held on to that for a long time. But now I think, and here's a name from the past and a random one, Sasha Vucevic. I remember hating the way that dude took his hair and put it behind his ears after every free throw. I remember hating his face when he hit uh, 15 footers. I was just... Everything that he did annoyed me in a way that is completely inappropriate for sports washing. So, Sasha, that's my guy. Also, first name Sasha on an NBA guy just doesn't sit well for me.
0: Oh, for sure. You're going to say Jordan Farmer. My, my text messages are riddled with jokes of... You making about Jordan Farmar. But I don't
2: think that's true. Jordan Farmar's Jewish. I've got I've got nothing but love for Jordan. Big ears, oh. not that good of a player, but you know, he's a Jew, so that goes a long way for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Apparently a missed casting in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, too. If you look at your yeah. text messages. Don't
2: you worry about that. What just keep reading. And what it ultimately says is, Buddy's Jewish and I love him. So and he's amazing. <laughs> he's so good.
0: Um yeah, I think for me, all time Laker hater is just don't I don't really have a legit reason why I just never liked him was Rick Fox um he didn't have a legit like, reason why he's Rick yeah. Fox dude
2: everybody <laughs> makes
0: Rick Fox well there you go um just something about like it never seemed like he was playing that hard like he was running that hard or moving that fast or trying that hard and he would still like hit threes and like come up with key plays and I'd be like how are you doing this all the like I just didn't get it but um, I'm going to go Rick Fox on that. And
2: he was uber successful. He's like on TV. He's got like a super hot wife, like wearing all those rings. Yeah. No, I, I just liked him too. Not as much as I hated Jordan Farmar, but almost. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. For me, it's Dwight Howard. That was like an early. Yeah. absolutely. what do you mean? All time? Yeah. <gasps> this is the beginning of an era where I started watching basketball. The Warriors were bad which was like
2: two years ago and you decided you hated kcp and dwight howard
3: i mean i don't feel like this history is going too far back
2: what are you talking about go ahead i i'm anxious to hear why you hate dwight
3: howard I mean so many reasons, right? I think he was he was sort of epitomizing the success sort of like the Shaq style of like he's he should be better than he actually is. I really hated that he like ate candy when I was like trying to get really healthy. You know, he had this like cheesy grin. I don't know, just everything about the way the dude operated on and off the basketball court was kind of antithetical to my lifestyle. <laughs>
2: I did not think really on either of those two people. I didn't think we were going to hear KCP or Dwight Howard. So good for <laughs> you for head faking me yet again, boys. LeBron said that Steph is the MVP
1: in this quote. You know, we, we're, we're playing uh, uh, versed, in my, in my opinion, the MVP of our league this year um, and, and Steph. So you can look at just look what he's done this year. I mean, there's nobody. Um, everybody counting him out this year. Everybody saying that, uh, well, now that, you know, Clay is hurt, can Steph lead a team um, on his own? What is he gonna be able to do? Can he carry a team on his own? Can he carry a team into the postseason? Can he keep a team afloat? Um <clears throat> he's done that and more. Um he's um I mean, I think he's has the most uh forty point um I don't know if it's forty point games or something like that, or the most uh, mostly he got the most three point uh most ten uh ten threes made um in a season um he's broke his own record for how many threes he's made this year um i think he scored like thirty points in the second half of games like eight times this year or nine times this year um i, I don't i don't i don't know anything else uh, if you're looking for mvp if if steph is not on golden State's team then um, you know, what 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 are what are we looking at? Um, you know, and we get we get all we get caught up in the record sometimes. We get caught up in the, okay, who's the who has the best record? And you know, instead of just saying who had the best season that year, uh and Steph has had, in my opinion, the the best season uh all year. Um and it was the same, you know, when Russ when, when Russ won the MVP, um, you know, Russ was you know, first guy to, to to have a triple-double in the season since the Big O, and everyone threw the records out the window then when he won it. Um, and I think, you know, you look at what he's doing, Steph is just like, you know, Russ deserved it that year, and, and obviously I don't think Steph is going to get it because, you know, it's another conversation, but in my eyes, um, he's played the best basketball all year round. Listening to it, do you guys think he's playing mind
2: games or just paying a compliment?
0: Both. I think LeBron's too smart to not play a little bit of psychological warfare with that, but I also think he he believes it. Um, there's been plenty of great seasons that Steph has had, and um, LeBron would get behind the mic and say, I'm the MVP. I know the narrative won't support it, but I'm the MVP. And he came out, and it sounded pretty sincere that he believes what Steph has done has been MVP worthy. So, um, but you always have to look at it a little skeptically because you realize you're about to take that person on. And it's like, is he trying to take the edge off
2: of Steph in any way? Nobody cares more about and is actively more aware of legacy. I think in the NBA right now than LeBron James. And because of that, I agree with you on both ends. I, he understands the importance of an acronym like MVP and he understands what his opinion is on an acronym like the MVP meets. So if, you know, if he wanted to play mind games and he's certainly capable of it and and he wanted to just play mind games, I don't think it would have involved the term's most valuable player. But the other side to that is, does he want to slightly get into Steph's head? Will he try to get any advantage he possibly can? And has he been playing long enough where he knows how to take advantage of the media circus that will happen when he says something like that? Of course, of course. So, you know, 51, 49, 49, 51, I don't know which is more, you know, but I I think that there's elements on both sides of what it is that he said. How about you, Maxine?
3: Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, of course you're right. This dude is way too smart and media savvy, but I also do think it's a win-win if the Lakers beat the Warriors, it's just a classy move. You know, it's a a nod to somebody that's having an unbelievable, unprecedented season. And if the Warriors end up beating the Lakers, um, LeBron has something to point to where he can say, yeah, well, I said he was the MVP. It's not that surprising.
2: Of the, and here's another question whose answer I'm fired up for, like going through these, I should have announced up front, Warriors Oracle is our Warriors uh, mailbag. So these all came from listeners. And when I read this one, I smiled. Of the Western playoff cities, what team city would you like to avoid living in at all costs? So pick one of these cities, boys, and tell us why you would never want to live there. Here's the 10 options. Utah, Phoenix, Denver, LA, Dallas, Portland, the bay memphis and san antonio we all live in the bay so obviously we can take that one down uh, mt give us first of those what's the spot you would just never want to stay
0: i'm always going to pick the one that both of you are going to pick too. utah hands down um it's racist everybody says it everybody knows it everybody's <laughs> talked about it i don't care what donovan mitchell says that he's trying to work on it he hasn't worked on it enough carl malone didn't help brian russell didn't help nobody helped <laughs>
2: You don't think one black man will be able to defeat racism in Utah? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's not all it's going to (laughs) take.
0: So everybody, players, Matt Barnes, everybody's all said, oh, the worst place in the league, most racist place
2: Utah, hands down. So I I don't want to go live there. I'm cool. I would never want to live there, but it's actually not the spot I'm going to pick, but I'm going to use that as a tease. Maxime, what city would you never want to live in?
3: Jeez! Wow! I'm, now I'm really interested. I I so I actually flew through Utah um, on a way to visit a friend and was pleasantly surprised by how beautiful it is. It's really too bad that it's racist as f-. I definitely don't want to live there. <laughs> So years
2: ago, a friend of mine was getting married and he had a bachelor party in Portland. And one of the reasons that he picked Portland is it supposedly has more strip clubs than any other spot. And I was fired up to go and we went. And at the end of the evening, it's kind of like the jewel of the night. What we were supposed to be doing is we went to the strip club. And within like the first five or six minutes, that I'm there and I'm looking around and I see this guy, he must've been, I don't know, maybe like mid fifties. And he's dressed like a depression era clown. I mean, like full thing, dude. like face makeup, the clothes, the big shoes. It's kind of like sad makeup, the whole thing. It is a full bone clown in the middle of a strip club. I-, I felt like I was in a-, a scene from It. And first I see him and it upsets me. And then I start looking around and nobody is even noticing. Him. No. Like not are they not upset? It's as if they can't even see him. And I finally turn to this guy next to me and I go, what's up with the clown? And the guy says, what clown? Well, I get out of there. I left immediately. I refuse to be in a location where clowns do not stand out in any setting. So I get outside, realize immediately that my, my phone's Uber account is no longer working. I have to walk home like four miles. I hated every minute of it. It was cold as shit. It was raining because it was Portland. So it's Portland, dude. I'm never going back there. The entire thing was creepy as hell. Whoever that guy was in the clown makeup, get your life together. That's a very weird thing you're doing, even if nobody else had the balls to tell you anything. So, I mean, I'm also not moving to Utah, but for for just f Portland purposes, it's Portland for me. Absolutely.
0: That clown was actually Jordan Farmar. He just fell on rough times and okay. I'm upset. It that was you. you. Know that. I know
2: who it was. Dude. <laughs> I've seen you since. I saw the clothes in your apartment. I think it's super weird and I don't know why you're doing that. And the, I will never forgive you for it. Let me just say that. <laughs>
0: What clown? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. You're probably dressed in clown makeup right now. Depression era, weirdo makeup. I mean, honestly, would that bother you guys? Like you go in, take away the strip club setting, make it anywhere else, like a restaurant, something. You go inside, someone's dressed like a clown and nobody is reacting. Would you be able to stay there or do you have to get the hell out?
3: At a certain point, I'd be questioning my own sanity. Like, are you sure that there actually was a clown there? Have you been tested for schizophrenia?
2: Yes. No, I've since since talked to a few people and confirmed that, in fact, that guy, I I wasn't the only person who saw
0: Yeah. I mean, I I probably would leave if everybody else thought it was normal. I, I might stay. Otherwise, I don't know.
2: Whose legacy, boys, will this game impact more? LeBron or Steph? Steph
3: I gotta say Steph um I think that uh, LeBron has won three titles with three different teams. I think his um, stature as the best player of his generation is unquestioned. Uh, I think that you know his two-way impact he's just a bigger dude he's so smart. nobody has anything slanderous to say about LeBron's presence on the court. Whereas people continue to hate on Steph. And so his ability to once again knock LeBron out, especially this time with a supporting cast, which is by far the weakest that he's gone up against with uh, against LeBron in a playoff setting. I think to me, there's no question that Steph has more to gain here.
2: Yeah, it's one of those no-lose analysis, right? I mean, I feel like if Steph wins, it helps him. If if he loses, it won't have any impact. And then for LeBron, it's the opposite, really. I mean, I don't, a win, I don't think, changes anything. And a loss probably doesn't change anything for him either. Let's change the question, MT, and let me put it this way to you. If the Warriors win, will beating L.A. mean more to you than the We Believe series?
0: No, but it'll be close. The We Believe series to me, just put the whole franchise back on the map and in people's minds. And like, we had celebrities in the stands, you know, and like, it it was just a whole thing. So I I think that was a cultural moment that even as big as this matchup is, and this one game is, it won't be able to, to replicate, but it's close. I mean, having a you know, Steph Lebron playing game is is major. It's not winner go home. Both teams will go on to play another game, just depending on where in the tournament they go. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. But it's close. Um, yeah. But I'm just worried the way Steph never shoots well in Staples. And friend of the pod, Drew Schiller. Um, tweeted this and he, this, the last eight games that Steph has played in Staples um, against the Lakers. He's 1-for-10, 0-for-10, 4-for-10, 3-for-9, 2-for-10, blah, blah, blah. It's combined 16-for-77, which is 20.8%. Um and I just, you know, like it stood out because I remember thinking to myself, like he never plays well in this arena, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers logo on there. He just doesn't shoot well in that arena. I don't know what it is. So it's just making me nervous because we need flamethrower Steph and he's normally not flamethrower in that building.
2: Yeah, I think we need flamethrower Steph in the first quarter. I think we need to punch him in the mouth right from the outset. Um, so that stat doesn't make me that fired up. Uh, as far as the we believe impact, The teams are more exciting to me, you know, beating Dallas, beating LA. Oh, I prefer beat LA, but the stakes are way less. You know, the, when we beat Dallas, they were done for the year. If we beat LA, they're not just like you said, they got another game. So it's not going to impact it quite as much, but friend of the pod Rusty actually put out a story today that I really enjoyed. And what he was talking about is the obvious connection. Some of the lines you can draw between this team and We Believe. Let me give you an example. They said that the We Believe team and this team both have point guard magicians. Baron Davis, Steph Curry. They said that both teams had a guard who was surging in their second season. Monte Ellis, Jordan Poole. He said that both teams had a small forward who was shedding labels. Jay Rich, Andrew Wiggins. They said both teams had a forward who was tough and defending their home turf. Matt Barnes, JTA. They had people who were a little too small for their position, but still played above it in uh, Al Harrington and Kevon Looney, and that they had one guy who is the unquestioned heart of both teams, Steven Jackson, Draymond Green. I like it. You know, like I don't I don't know if it's an immediate comparison, but those five buckets certainly match up.
3: Wow, that honestly really resonates with me. I'm 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 surprised as you continued going down, it's like, oh, there's a there's a comparison for like everybody.
2: Yeah, that and that was the same kind of way. Because when I first jumped in, I was like, oh, this is bullshit. You know, we're going to run out of comparisons after Steph. And then by the fourth one, I was like, this is the We Believe squad. <laughs> we should call uh, We should call Rusty. Let me give you a couple of uh, quick hits. First, who has more assists on Wednesday? LeBron or Draymond? I go Draymond.
3: Draymond. Draymond.
2: How many points and threes for Steph? 44 and 8. <laughs> Staples Center.
0: 31 and 6.
3: Like Steph says, he's aware of all of the chatter, 56 and 10.
2: Let's go. Over, (laughs) under, 223. So Vegas gives you a number um, for the game. What it is asking is if you add both teams' scores at the end of the game, will it be over or under this number? So Vegas put it at 223. What do you guys take? I take the over because if uh, the Warriors are going to win, it's going to be behind a high-scoring effort, hopefully. I'm going
0: to go with the under. Um, Warriors finished the regular season fifth-ranked um, defense in the league, and I think they will need to call upon that if we're going to – this one out.
2: As I finished the last sentence, I thought to myself, actually, it'll probably be with defense. I hope nobody points and then f***ing <laughs> Marcus. Just immediately, did <laughs> Stupid-ass clown narrator Marcus had to have his terrible take. Uh, Maxime, over-under.
3: Uh, yeah, Marcus is probably right, but uh, it, I'm taking
2: the over! <laughs> uh, we're raising this question. That question's stupid. Will Draymond have a triple-double?
0: Oof.
3: No, but it'll be close.
0: I think yes. And it's one of the rare
2: times that we lose because of it. Oh, I have to say no. I was was just waiting for you to answer, Marcus, so I could disagree with it. Whichever (laughs) one you say, i was going the other way. (laughs) So no, even though I think he's going to get it. Um, Who scores more, Jordan Poole or Dennis Schroeder?
3: I hope it's Poole, but it's probably going to be Schroeder.
0: I think it's pool. I don't think in crunch time because Schroeder doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, right?
2: No, and he's he's battling an injury a little bit too.
0: Yeah. No, I'm a, I'm gonna go pool, even yeah, though pool doesn't have any either. Like that's a weird argument for playoff but experience. He but
2: seemingly doesn't care. I mean, pool seems to kind of be that guy. Like, let's just let it fly and see what happens. <laughs> Last question, boys: Who wins?
0: I'm going with Hart. I'm going to say the Warriors, obviously. If I had to put money on it, I think, and jumping a few games ahead, I think the Warriors lose this one to the Lakers, unfortunately. I think they play Memphis again. We beat them again. And then we go play Utah, and it's a tough series that we lose 4-1. I
2: say Warriors win by four. (laughs) Bet the money line. (laughs) Nice.
3: Yeah, I'm not going to put a line on it, but I do think that the Warriors win. It's currently 40% chance that the Warriors win it. And look, man, they're going to come out and punch them in the mouth. I think there's all sorts of reasons to think that we have a chance here.
2: I love it. Uh, Let's just keep it at that sense of optimism. You know, we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. And where I want to end this is with a shout out to our Patreon crew. We actually have a couple new members. Uh, Our boy Russell joined us and our boy Brad joined us. You have no idea what that support means, how it helps us out. And it's really just how awesome you are. So thank you. If you want to join them helping us, top up on patreon.com. Search out Warriors Huddle and you can help us for as little as a dollar a month. Um, And that'll actually give you access to uh, our Curry History Watch, which is kind of an exciting contest. With that in mind, go Warriors F LeBron. And hopefully, we'll see you next week.
0: Good, good.